0: Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back, you're just trying to figure stuff out. And nothing seems to be working, you're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce, you're trying to figure stuff out, you don't know what to do. So look, in this five day challenge, I'm going to help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm gonna help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that all of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right. Five day challenge, five bucks. That's it. Get in, do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck, all that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. What's up guys? Mark Santiago, host of Empowered AF i've got my boy joey wilder with me and we are in sunny corona del mar Joey lives over here in the OC, and uh, I like to visit him uh, every now and again, usually about every month or so. Yeah, about every month or so. I get to come out and hang out with Joey at the beach. Uh, But we don't just hang out at the beach, we actually like get shit done. We actually do work, Um, we talk about client stuff. Today, so far we've had a really good meeting around Thrive and Momentum, which is our two biggest uh, programs that we run at Empowered Man. And being that Joey's our client success director, and obviously you guys have seen him on The Bourbon Moment, you'll see him right after this on The Bourbon Moment. Um, I felt like, you know what would be really cool? is if we could actually talk about some of the stuff that you're seeing in Thrive specifically. Um, Like, what is it like for guys, you know, when they first come in, they have no grit for what we do. You know, sometimes guys think it's all just counseling, therapy, like, the fuck is it you guys do? And then also talk about, like, where they're at mentally, emotionally, and then, like, what are some of the big aha moments that you've noticed in clients? And then we'll talk about, like, some of your favorite stories. So, does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Um, To start, you know, when guys come into
1: Thrive, um, realistically, they just want to do anything to get out of the pain. Oh yeah, they're feeling. for sure. Um, they're heavily emotional and it's to an extent where they're willing to try anything. Um, some guys have tried therapy, some guys have tried counseling. That is the furthest thing away from what we do. We do what we call training and coaching yeah. in this. So when guys come in, they want to do anything to stop the bleeding and do anything to get their wife back and we take the stance of not um, saving marriages, we save the man. But a few of the experiences that I've had on my end from seeing guys come in are they come in, um, they're bleeding in pain, their wife has cheated on them, or maybe they've had an affair, but they're too shameful to actually admit that, or they're just scared of the downside when separation happens. Yep. And nine times out of 10, guys are really reluctant to trust in the process, but the only way out is through. And realistically, when a guy comes in and we onboard them and get them ingrained in the community, we have them post an introduction, sharing a little bit about what they're experiencing. And on their first call, Whether it's with me, with Andrew, with Kevin, or anyone else, Misty, um, we always do some type of framing around um, having guys raise their hands if they've experienced pain, if they've experienced loss, if they've experienced um, an affair, or anything like that, to show them that pain and uncertainty are not unique to their experience, but the context of
0: what you're experiencing is. Yeah, I would say that's a big thing we see too, on, like obviously I'm the CEO of the company and I've seen this whole thing from point A to point B, but a lot of what my work is now is helping our advisors, really helping guys um, like come out of that mess. And the very first thing we see is like, they've got to come to a point where they're ready to do the, to do the work, mm-hmm. right? And I want to talk about that for a second, but before I talk about that, it's like, Like, it's so imperative that if you're, if you're sitting here, like you listen, to my podcast and, and all this stuff is going on that, that you come to a place where you go, now is the time for me to do the emotional work for me. Like guys, when you can have that kind of revelation, somebody, when you can have that kind of revelation, where you come to that place where you're so detached from the outcome that you're not trying to control anymore, that brings freedom. Right like like a woman who doesn't feel like her husband is trying to control her anymore feels free Right, and and not only does she feel free But then you feel free because you're not trying to you're not you're not so attached to the outcome So like what what are the guys, you know Like that you see in the program where they've come in and like what is it like for them when they finally like detach from the outcome of trying to save it and are trying to cling so much like how do they show up differently? Oh man,
1: um it's like night and day. You know, We have guys come in that will share in the chat openly. When will the pain stop? How do I, how do I lean into the pain? What does that actually mean? Yeah. And realistically, when you continue to do the work, and I mean literally do the work, do the assignment, show up to the calls, ask questions, because the quality of your experience is gonna be contingent on the questions that you ask. But when guys actually start doing the work, when they drink the truth serum, when they actually understand what is truth and what is the story they're telling themselves, they can actualize and rationalize what's actually happening versus what am i actually telling myself. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, or 99% of the time, when a guy gets to that point, they know that they're going to be okay regardless of what happens in the marriage. They know they're going to be okay, regardless if separation happens, divorce happens, and they're able to navigate this process in a much more amicable way because they've detached. And that comes from them owning their power and knowing their knowingness, and really what's their shit to own in the relationship and what's not. And when you can actually take ownership over what's yours and not take the burden on your shoulders of what's not yours, it's liberating. And it allows you to see clearly and get kind of a bird's eye view of what's actually happening there. And commonly when guys come in, they're just taking the whole weight of the world on their shoulders. Like they're freaking atlas at the edge of the world, holding the whole world on their shoulders. Because as men, we try to do it all. We try to be the fixer, we try to be the saver. And I've even seen guys, when they join our program, they get so excited about the tools that they start to try and teach their wife the tools. Yeah. And guys, you can not that, that's not something that you can do. Yeah. Realistically, that's somewhat manipulative because you are pushing her in that direction of growing. You can't send her self-help books, you can't send her the motivational TikToks, unless it's our TikToks, I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, but with that, you need to be focused on doing your work for you because when you take the stance of I'm going to work on myself for myself and potentially the byproduct may be my wife leaning back in or she may not but you're going to know that you're going to be okay regardless and that's the beauty in what we do is we save the man not the marriage sometimes the byproduct of that is they're able to create a new marriage but that's only possible if both partners are focused on doing their work this does not mean you do your work
0: and then she does her work later on. It has to be a mutual contingency that's happening between the two. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you said that about, you know, her, you know, the guy like just detaching from the outcome, focusing on his own stuff, and then like almost not even worrying about her or what she's doing. Um, you know, I've been playing around with this statement, and I think I've said it on a recent podcast, but I'm gonna i to like twist it a little bit and put it on the wife thing. So, like, what if you posed yourself this question? What if what my wife thinks of me? is none of my business. What if what she's doing and the work she's doing is none of my business? Like when, when say that out loud to yourself, you're listening to the podcast, pause it, do whatever you got to do or say it out loud. What if what my wife is up to is none of my business? What if what my wife thinks or says about me is none of my business? That is hard. But that is detaching from the outcome, that is detaching from the control, from the pain that she has over you we call this going neutral in our thrive program and specifically we talk about you know the very first thing we help men do is literally neutralize the power that your wife has over you because if you really if you don't realize this she has all the power that's why we talk about getting your power your confidence and your freedom back because you don't have it right now if true freedom is waking up and and not that you don't care about her, but you don't care about what she's up to because you've let go of her. You've made a conscious choice and a decision to allow her to make her own decisions because she is a human being, she's a person. Now, this gets confusing for a lot of guys because, if you notice, I'm using my arm to hold this camera so I keep switching hands because shit, it starts to burn after a while. I'm like, I feel like I'm doing an arm day workout. But here's why, it's because when, when you think about uh um another person and, and and oh this is what happens we get into marriages and we go okay it's no longer you and me it's we it's we together right and it's true there is a we there is a two becoming one flesh etc cetera, etc cetera. but there still has to be some boundary between the two of you because if you're so completely together that like whatever she goes through you go through now now it's become codependency and it goes beyond the idea of what I think a healthy marriage should look like. A healthy marriage is not a marriage where two people are so stuck together that whatever you're dealing with, I'm dealing with in in every ounce of every way, that's not healthy because now you've got not just one person that's unhealthy, you've got two people that are unhealthy, hence a sick marriage. But what if one partner says, hey, you know what, I'm gonna allow you to deal with this, I'm gonna be back here and if you need my help, if you need my support, honey, that you're going through this affair you've chosen to go down another path. I'm not going to help you with that. I'm not going to be your bitch. Basically, I'm not going to just lay down and do whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to go back here. I'm going to work on me and I'm going to let you deal with your own shit. I'm going to deal with my shit. I'm gonna let you deal with your own shit. And what that does is it creates, it creates boundaries. It creates safety. It creates creates safety for yourself. And, and this is hard for men because you you want to own her and you don't own her. She is not your possession to control. No woman is your possession to control. You can't. And if you try to do that, you're manipulative and you're toxic as fuck when you do that. And so it's, it's important that we, we do that. What, what do you think about that statement about, you know, what she thinks of me is really none of my business? Yeah.
1: I mean, I agree with it completely because most men, when they start our program or when they join us, they are more concerned about what the hell she's doing than what they're actually doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. They literally wake up she's five minutes past whatever activity she's supposed to be doing, and then they start overanalyzing. They drive past the house, and the plumber's there five minutes longer, and they start telling themselves these stories. And when you start doing that, you get so stuck in the frame of mind of what she's doing, you don't even have any idea what you're doing on a day to day. And you become this shell of the man that you used to be. Totally and how can she be attracted to the man that
0: is a shell of the man that he used to be? There's no leadership there. Why would she want to come back to a marriage where all the guy is doing is being consumed by what she's doing? Mm -hmm. And then think about the type of woman that would come back to a marriage where the man is just all consumed by what she's doing. That's a narcissist because she wants to be more important than anybody and anything, that's narcissistic behavior. And so you as a man cannot be obsessed with her. In fact, by not being obsessed with her, you create what I call the vacuum effect. So this is a little trick, a little secret we teach on Neutral Woman, and that is by neutralizing the power she has over you and by neutralizing the emotional side of things and not giving her that emotional space like you used to, it creates a vacuum. And a lot of times, you know, she was maybe going to an affair partner or maybe she was not taking it to you anymore and all this stuff, but by creating that vacuum, she then leans back in because now she's noticing she can't have her cake and eat it too. Tell me about a guy maybe that you've seen that happen with. With Neutral Woman? Yeah. Oh man, there is one gentleman, and I won't share his name
1: just to not be contextual, but there was one gentleman who while he was in our program, he had mentioned that uh, he was a sex addict. You know, he, he had owned it with me, and he had shared with me, you know, I had an affair, and then later on he found out she did too, and they just started doing this tip for tap bullshit back and forth of, oh, she had an affair, so I'm gonna have an affair. I'm gonna teach her, and it just became this toxic cycle. And when he came in, he was so worried about doing Neutral Woman because he was afraid that she was going to completely leave and yep. run away. and yeah, Like pushing her away. Yeah, and this, it, it's yep. pushing her away, and if that's what happens, that's what's meant to happen. If, if you do neutral woman, which is you honoring yourself, which is you treating them like the woman you would treat behind you at a grocery store. I don't know where you live, but I live in California. Sometimes people are friendly, sometimes they're not. But realistically, you're not gonna come up to the woman behind you and be like, hey beautiful, like, you're just not gonna say that. Yeah. We're too PC in this system, in this society now. Hey,
0: can I give you a hug and then maybe we have sex later?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'll also speak on that because if you're still having sex when there's toxicity and there's dysfunction, you're literally using that as a tool and you are giving away your power. Yep. Like, we hear that more often than not where men are like, oh, we had sex last night. Things are going well. And I'm like, no, just because you're penetrating your wife does not mean you're penetrating her heart. Yep. And realistically, this man that was in our program, he started adhering to Neutral Woman and really giving her the space, but also keeping the conversations about just the kids. You know, you don't want to show up as a cold-hearted asshole. Yeah. Obviously, that's going to push someone away. But Neutral Woman is you honoring yourself while also honoring her and giving her space. And when you give each other space, it gives you time to heal and feel and her to focus on her shit and you to focus on yours. And when you can stop hitting that she button and start hitting that me button more, beautiful things happen. But that is just one piece of the pie. In this gentleman's case, they had to have more than a handful of crucial conversations and clear the air with the things that were still present. And that can only happen if both partners are considerate of doing the work yep. for themselves and then coming together to create a new relationship, which is easier
0: said than done. But the work starts with you. Yeah, and, and that's a mistake that a lot of guys make where they'll, they'll hear some of our trainings, they'll hear some of our podcasts, maybe they like pick up the power triangle thing or something, and like their wife is totally leaned out of the marriage and they're like, hey, and, and they like try, try to like drop all this like communication on the wife and the wife is like, what the fuck? And she'll just like run them over. Right. And it's like, well, that didn't work. No, it, it's, it wasn't meant to work because your wife wasn't actually doing the work. Like there's certain strategies and tactics that you got to use when she's not doing the work versus when she's doing the work. And a lot of times when she's not doing the work, our focus as empower, at empowered, at powered man is less on what your wife, period. Our focus is not on the wife at all but we have absolute you know, things, communication tools, et cetera, where we do use the context of marriage and we do use some of those tools to help you in toxic situations, texting, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But we find that men who, who, who do that, they end up in more shit because they're trying to go to their wife as a safe space. Look, if your wife says, I don't wanna be married to you anymore, I'm out of the marriage, blah blah, 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 blah all, all those things, your marriage is dead. Your only way forward is to create a new marriage or to move on. That's it. That's it. You either create a new marriage or get divorced. That's it. That's it. Create a new marriage or get divorced. Otherwise, you're living in hell. You're literally living in hell. You're in purgatory. Yeah. I mean, how many times we hear guys are like, I just, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm just waiting for her to. do It's like, dude, why are you waiting for her? What the fuck is why wrong is she with you? Holding the reins and holding the keys to. The exactly. Table? Exactly. The only per- who's whose responsibility is that, the guy. It's the man's fault. It's the man's responsibility, not his fault, it's his responsibility to take back his own power. That doesn't mean he lords it over, it doesn't mean he gets domineering, et cetera, et cetera. It just means that he starts to own his own shit. It starts them it really means, I, I look at it this way. It's like, go live your life, dude. Go live your fucking life. Figure out what you want out of life and go do that. Now I don't mean go be stupid and like drive off the sunset and just leave your kids behind. What I mean is like figure out what you enjoy in life and start doing those things. Because the wife that left you, she left the man, the old man. She she doesn't like this guy that you've become. Right, she she probably misses the guy that was in love with life, the guy that you know that maybe like didn't just come home and just like play video games all day until he went to sleep, or passes out drunk, or he ignores her half the night, and, and, and might look up from his phone two or three times. That's the guy she left. The guy she wants to come back to is the guy who actually loves life again, who's paying attention to his kids, who's 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 uh, tr- you know wanting to travel, or who's wanting to do things again, stretching himself. That's why a lot of the men that come to me are are in their forties because they they've kind of just gotten to this right the last 15 20 years where they just do life and then they end up in this place of like i don't know what happened and they just wake up one day and their wife wants nothing to do with them and they're bored as fuck. they have no friends they have no life they don't do anything and that's that's what we do is we help challenge you tell me um tell me about like another like one other aha moment that you see guys get in thrive
1: an aha moment that i see guys get in thrive you know, one in particular comes to mind. And when this man entered our program, um, he's an ex-Marine, has had this amazing career in the military and had retired from the military and owns his own business. Yeah. And he's the common duality that we see. He's a great leader in the force. He's a great leader or in service. He's a great leader at work. He's a great leader as being a manager. He's a great father, but he sucks at leading at home. And he finally had this aha moment where it clicked for him and this came from him not only drinking the truth serum but doing the apology letter and i i I just want to speak into that for a second whenever you guys hear these exercises that we share with you understand that everything that we teach in the program is cohesive yeah which means it builds upon one another so with that don't take this and just run with it and say, oh, I'm going to go to Neutral Woman, then I'm going to do an apology letter, and then I'm going to give it to her.
0: Nope. That's probably the worst thing that you could do. Worst thing ever. Don't try to do an apology letter because your apologies suck. Trust me, you do not do it the yeah. way we do and, it. And even if it, if it was an apology letter, if she's not in a
1: place to receive it, she's going to weaponize it. Yep. And she's, she's going to use it up, against you. Throw it at you. And yeah, literally and proverbially. That happens. This man in particular, he had gotten to this place where he wasn't in fear of the marriage ending he was in fear of not knowing who he was yeah. and when he had that internal reframe of that realization of man i have no idea who i am and that's what makes him scared is my identity and my my knowingness of who i am is so attached to this relationship that i have no idea who i can be outside of this or who i will be and mm-hmm. i shared with him a very simple piece of feedback that resonated with him and landed for him, I asked him, I had told him the first step to knowing who you are is knowing exactly who you're not. If you can't clarify the person that you're not and you have no idea what you want, you need to figure that out and this does not mean I want the marriage like you need to know who you are on the deepest core level. Yeah. you need to know what your core values are and what you bring to the table and understand that sometimes you need to sit alone yeah. And that's really the most simplistic way to put it. This man was a great leader in all aspects, but he was not great at leading himself or leading in the marriage. And it came down to little things. There would be dishes in the sink and he wouldn't bring anything up because he doesn't wanna cause a problem. We hear that so often and it starts with these little things. And guess what? These little things, they pile up. And then you have this whole stack of these little things. And then one night you have a blow up and she's yelling at you about something that happened six years ago and you're yelling about the fucking dishes in the sink. And all of these things that you've kept bottled in because you were too afraid to share what's actually on your heart and what's actually on your mind. And in my experience, when men mask the thing that they're actually experiencing and their partner does that, it creates resentment. And over time, you start to despise that person. Yep. And when that starts to happen, exactly. it, it's time to give each other space. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that the separation may happen, but realistically, I'm gonna be honest with you, some people bring out the toxicity in each other. Yep. I just had a guy in our program recognize that. This is another aha moment. Um, this man shows up to every call, and he, he's an amazing guy, and you'll know exactly who this guy is. But he had shared with me, we've been married for 25 years, and I had this realization And it came from talking with you guys on this call. And I came to the realization that we are a good team, but we are not good partners and good lovers. We bring out the toxic sides of each other. And he had taken a stand for himself. And when he shared this with her, it was like a light bulb clicked for her. And now, although it hurts, because this is someone that you've spent time with, that's time you can't get back, but if you can end that in a way that's amicable and part ways and separate and just understand that man sometimes people just aren't meant to be yeah maybe they were at some point some people are meant to be a part of your life forever some people are meant to be a part of your life for a phase or a chapter
0: yeah i mean that's that kind of is my story i mean i was married to my ex-wife for 17 years and we had four uh, amazing kids and a lot of those years were really good and there were some of those years that were really not good. And as we got to the end, I almost felt like if I held on to this, it would be unfair to her. Like think about that for a second. If you're holding on to a dead marriage, it, is that fair to you? Is that fair to her? Like why? If 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 she doesn't want it back, and if you're real with yourself and you realize you don't want it back, who are you who are you helping? You're not helping your kids. I can guarantee it, 100%. I'm a guy who's on the other side completely, meaning like I got divorced, I went through my healing, I'm now remarried and have an amazing uh, wife and as a stepmom to my kids, and I can honestly tell you, my kids are in 180% or 100% better place now than they were when they were going through the toxic bullshit my ex-wife and I were going through. Because we did the same thing. We brought out the toxicity in each other and, our, and, and there was such negative conflict that the marriage had gotten to such a point of there was disrepair. I always wondered, you know, recognize, you, know you hear that statement, irreconcilable differences. And I thought, like, how's that even a thing? It, it be, it's a real thing. It does really become a thing and there, there is no point of return. Now, to those of you who believe in God and miracles, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you, 100%. And I believe that for years for my marriage. But there came a time when the marriage was done. And you know, you have to get your own permission. You have to seek your own validation from God, prayer, pastors, whatever it is you do. I did that. I got my own, um, you know, based upon scripture even in what I went through. Um, but it's important you recognize to not hold on to something that is dead for the sake of holding on to it because it's comfortable. You know, I posted this in uh, the other day in our Facebook group, and it was it was something effective part of A good portion of men are holding on to these dead marriages because they're so insecure about what's next, they're so insecure about potentially finding another mate, they're so insecure and so fearful of what could be beyond that they're afraid to let go of something that's already dead and has been dead. And again, I'm not calling you to get a divorce, I'm not saying you got to go separate, I'm not not saying any of those things. You got to do you. You got to make your own decisions. We're not here to do that. We don't encourage men to get divorced, but we don't encourage men to stay together. We just encourage men to live the life that they feel called to live and that they wanna live. And if that means holding on to a dead marriage, by all means, bro, do that. We're gonna give you the tools. We're gonna to support you and thrive. We're gonna do the things that we need to, you know, that we wanna to do to help you. We are never gonna steer you in a different direction because we're coaches. We're not therapists or, or counselors. It's not what we do. We coach you to the best of your ability. So before we wrap up, can you tell me real quick, you, you had a story um, about a guy that was on uh, the call the other day and something happened with his son. Yeah, um, this guy went
1: through our Thrive program and he chose to go through our um, Next Level program, which is the Momentum program, which is our year-long program. And while he was going through Thrive, no, he was doing anything to get her back, like literally anything, groveling at her doorstep, sending her flowers, love bombing her. I wanted to reach through the Zoom screen and shake this, man, because guys, you cannot love bomb her that is not going to bring her back. It's actually, it, it, it's, it's pretty yeah. demeaning, to be honest. But this man went through our Thrive program and he was in immense pain. He broke down to me and many men do on the calls. They, they shed tears because when you start to feel, you start to heal. And this man decided to join in Momentum and he's sharing with me all of the financial struggles because they had businesses together, they had all of these things intertwined. And now you're starting to unwind all of these things. And he's dealing with the pressures of the separation, which there's a financial pressure that comes with it. So be prepared for that. If you choose divorce and that's the path that it goes, there's going to be a financial downside. He was worried about living in a home because he was renting a home from a friend and With that, the other day when he was on the call with me, he's got a huge smile on his face, he's driving in the truck, he's not hands-free, but let's hope that he wasn't going very fast. And he's got his camera on and he's just smiling, he's like, man, I made it happen, I just bought a brand new house and I'm feeling amazing and my business is starting to thrive. Because he started to show up as the leader that he was meant to be, the leader that his son needed and As he shows us his son, he turns it to his son, his son is 12 years old, and his son's sitting in the passenger seat, and this is his youngest, he has an older one who's 17, but the youngest was in the car, and as he he turned to his son, his son said hi, and grabbed the camera and turned it back to himself, and he said, because of you, you saved my dad, and you saved my family. He's a better man because of you, and he's finally happy. Mm. And this 12 year old was able to recognize that and just hearing that like... and,
0: and, and they didn't get back together did they no they didn't get back so together. the marriage isn't back together but this kid recognized the change in his father guys think about that for a second you are so busy worrying about her what about your kids what did they experience? Heck, go back and watch the one where I had my daughter uh, explain what it was like for me as I went through my divorce and the mistakes I made as a dad and then how I learned from it and, and how it was different after that. Like, you you can't just lose focus on those kids. Yeah. That's super important. Yeah, I mean,
1: realistically, that's one of our, that's our next level of leadership is showing up to mentor and nurture these children. And if we don't heal our shit, Oh, yeah. Guess who's
0: going to get that? Yep. They the will. Kids. That in our next relationship. Yeah. You know, we always talk about the fact that if you've been cut in this relationship, which all of us have been, and you don't heal, you're going to bleed on the next person. Yeah.
1: It's true. Yeah. And he actually experienced that. He thought he was ready to jump into the dating scene. And you no, know, this is situational. And I told him, I, I don't think you're ready. I, I know you're not ready just because of the frame of mind you're coming from. Yep. You are literally thinking with the wrong head. <laughs> Do the math on that, guys. And I had shared it with him and he was like, oh, well, I'm just gonna go out on a date, I'm gonna have a few drinks, we're not gonna do anything. And I'm like, okay, all right. Now, he comes back and I decided to press his buttons a little bit and ask him, I was like, hey, how's the date? And he turns to me and he was like, I was hoping you weren't gonna ask. Guys, I will always ask, if you join our programs, I will call you out to call you forward because that's how we get better. And he shares with me and he was like, well, I definitely was not ready to date the dating app that I met her on, Hinge, she decided to grab my phone and steal it from me and force me to open my phone to prove to her that I did not have the app anymore. Oh, Guys, weird. that, that is, that's <laughs> more than weird. That's called a red flag, <laughs> dripped in red paint, yeah. like doused with a red background. Toxic. And realistically, he was able to honor himself in that way, not in that moment because they were in a public place and he did not want to make a scene. Yeah. Now he ended up sharing with her that he did not have the app because he truly did not, he stayed in integrity with that. Because he realized after he met her that he had no business being on a dating app. Guys, while you're still going through your healing journey, you should not be on a dating app, you should not be sleeping around, you should not be getting your ego stroked or whatever else you wanna get done, because until you start to get completely healed, you're just gonna ooze all over the next person. Yeah. And realistically, there's no independence in codependence. Yeah and you're just gonna bring that to the next one if that's present for you.
0: Well guys, thank you so much for listening to us. I know we actually went a little bit longer than we normally do on these, but um, I think this was a really good one. Uh, it was fun to do, even though my arm feels like it's about to fall off. That's okay. Uh, it was worth it holding this phone so that Mr. Joseph could uh, share his side of things. Um, you know, he's, he's been with us going on two years and um, he's, he's done a phenomenal job. Um, our coaches, our, our coaches, for a reason, Like they love what they do and they're passionate about showing up for you guys. Um, we have a total of I think six or seven in, in our, in our uh, company um, and he's the, the head client success director. Um, look here, at the end of the day, what we're all about is getting better. And if you're a man who's been sitting on the fence, maybe you've been listening to us for a while, maybe you've never heard of us, maybe just this is your first podcast episode, I wanna challenge you to book a call with our team, empoweredman.co slash B-O-O-K, empoweredman.co slash book. Okay, I wanna challenge you to book a call with our team, not so that we can sell you our program, but so that we can help you create a game plan. And, and, and if that means coming to Thrive, great. If it doesn't, great, we're okay either way. We don't force people in, we don't make them jump in. We help them see what they need to do and what they need to work on. And that's what that call is gonna be. You will get value out of that call. You will hear things, you will see things you did not realize that were happening in your life. I can guarantee it, it's gonna be value. So jump on a call with our team, empoweredman.co slash book, and I wanna see you inside of Thrive. I wanna see you'd be one of those 50 guys a month or so that we're getting into Thrive that that comes in and joins and is a part of our culture, a part of becoming an empowered man so that you would thrive in every aspect, in every dimension of life. That's what we're calling you to. So join us, empoweredman.co slash book. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truth. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. I never answered my guest. So my guest is nowhere near as serious and deep as Trump or Jordan B. Peterson. It probably would be either... And I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these guys that have to like, think about it, but either Sebastian Maniscalco, the comedian or Jake Paul. Interesting. And the the reason, so Sebastian is my favorite comedian. Hey, what's up, Sebastian? I know you're listening. Um, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) Um, he's going to listen to it. Yeah, he probably already does. Um. I, I always talk to Amy about, like, what would it be like if we, like, went over him and in Atlanta's house and, like, had dinner? You know, like, they're, they're up in uh, Beverly Hills, you know, not too far. So, uh, but anyways, him, because he's a comedian, he's funny as hell, and I love how he observes people. Plus, I like kind of, like, doing some of his, like, I can kind of do some of his stuff. Um, and then, so the reason behind, behind Jake Paul is because he's an enigma of both sides of the coin. You either love or hate him, kind of like Trump and yeah. i'd be curious to know what drives him like how do you go from being a fucking youtuber with some some athletic ability to taking over the sport of boxing without even ever boxing a real boxer think about this and getting like 50 million dollar paydays mm-hmm. like what is the 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 you know and obviously there's certain antics he does you know, that are, that are sort of, he's a brilliant marketer, right? He's He's an amazing marketer. marketer. He's great at getting attention, right? Great at getting attention, but he leverages attention too. Mm -hmm. Cause like anybody can like get 15 minutes of fame. He's leveraged this shit and he's gotten, he's gotten showtime, fucking showtime to consider him a legitimate boxer. Showtime used to do like Mike Tyson fights and like, you know, like real boxing matches and here's a guy who was a fucking youtuber he convinced after just like three fights four fights that he should have a legitimate pay-per-view thing and and then has a, he fights the guy twice and then in the second one knocks the shit out of him like Dude, like what? that was that was wild right and and it was like what are we watching like like how did, how do we get here? And you think about that from like, so I I purely look at it from business entertainment, marketing, you know, persona of obviously this guy is not, that's not him. You know, that's like a character he's created. So it's like the genius behind it at 24 years old, like what the fuck, you know, I know his brother having early success probably helped a lot, you know, seeing, Oh, like this is what's possible. Um, I mean, his brother Logan. platformed him.
1: His brother totally. was the one that brought him out to LA and then
0: yeah. put him totally. on. Totally, totally. But Jake is far surpassed Logan. Oh yeah, In he's... terms of popularity. I mean, he's got Conor McGregor fucking talking to him. He's got Dana White with his name in his mouth. You know, yeah, and it's constantly. like, these are these are the tops, these are titans in an industry that he did not work his way into. So if you think yeah. about the case study of most people- When they try to go into an industry like boxing or fighting or business, right? We use the business case. A lot of you guys are business people. And you think, well, I got to work my way up to the top. I got to earn my way, earn my way, earn my way. This motherfucker just beat the door down and said, I'm going to the top right away. So anytime somebody does that and has some level of sustainability, and I say that with all like you know, we're talking like maybe two, three years, right? We don't know five years from now where this guy's going to be. He could be dead. He could be in jail. I've got for Hopefully, hopefully nothing bad happens to him, but to have some level of sustainability, not just like one fight, but some level of sustainability where, and and even to some degree, Logan getting a fight with Mayweather, that was like, phenomenal too and that fight he went he went all the rounds with him too yeah that was a fucking joke though like mayweather was like joking with him practically it was it was that was a true show like that was meant for entertainment there's no way logan would have gone on
1: mayweather never paid him either
0: yeah 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 so just to me i'm I'm always fascinated by that type of case study of you know what drives an individual and what are the things that he thinks about like, how do you strategically go, I'm going to take over boxing? Do you wake up and say, I'm going to take over boxing? Or do you just say, you know what? I really like boxing. It's fun to me. So I'm just going to like become the best at it because I have all this time in my hands and I make a shit ton of money for my YouTube videos. And then just see what happens. And I'm going to go in a fight and then I fight the next guy. And then he sees the opportunities and he seizes the opportunities. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? You see the opportunity, then you seize the opportunity. So those of you who are yeah. thinking about going into business or thinking about growing something, you have to see the opportunity then seize the opportunity. That was a little teaching book. So it's just fascinating. So that would be my guy.
1: Jake Paul. That's a really good guest. That's a solid guest. Plus, you know everybody tune in because you don't know what dumb shit he's going (laughs) to say. Yeah, the thing is, like, he's one of those people where, like, people hate him, but they still want to watch what he has to say. Oh, Trump's the same way. Yeah, exactly. And like (laughs) they're connected. They've literally like been in the same room together and had conversations. So, I mean, with that, I mean, he's above all, he's a brilliant marketer. Like I'm so intrigued by his process because he'll do things that gauge that garner so much attention that then pumps whatever he is doing. And it's Mm -hmm. like he does a sequence of different things. And it's like, do you just think of these things? Do you have a team that comes up with these ideas? Or or are you really this like mastermind who just has figured out a formula that works? And he's just literally the internet's biggest troll in the world who happens to be fucking brilliant. And he's making like, what did he just make? Like 52 million from his last fight?
0: Yeah, it was like a $50 million payday, some shit like that. Fucking ridiculous. It was like, he just skipped over everything and said, all right, motherfucker, I'm here. I'm going to take yeah. over this shit. And in, now in, everyone in wants to fight him because yeah. he's got the big paydays. Yeah. I, it, all UFC fighters, but, like, he fought a basketball player, a YouTuber, I think. I think it was a YouTuber first, then a basketball player, then yeah. UFC, UFC. Because I think he's only had, like, five fights. Yeah. He and was I've played, like, to fight. for every single one of them.
1: Yeah, me too. He was trying to fight, um, uh, what's his name? Tyson Fury's son. Tommy Fury. Yeah.
0: And then no, not backed son, out of the his, fight. His, his uh stepbrother.
1: Okay. That's his stepbrother? Man. Yeah. Tyson Fury's a big ass man.
0: Yes, he is. I was surprised when he beat um Wilder. Oh, that was a great fight. That was probably one of my favorite fights I've ever watched. Dude, that guy's a uh, all Yeah. Well, especially because like when he had him down, and it was just like he's not like, cause Tyson got knocked down and he was like, I'm getting up. Like you're not gonna stop me? And that that just deflated Deontay. He was just like, fuck. Yeah. You know he's named after Mike Tyson, right? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. His first name is Tyson because of Mike Tyson. Isn't he like 6'8 or something like that? He's a giant man. Yeah, he's 6'7, I believe. <laughs> Huge.
1: And he doesn't, he's not even in great like peak condition when he was boxing. Oh, like, he was super out of shape. And he's just laying it on. Like well, what he was opponent. doing was the
0: whole time he was doing the clinch, but he was also leaning on the guy. And so it's like having that much weight constantly leaning on you. Yeah. That's, that's worse than Andrew's trying to 500-pound you know, you know, thrusts and stuff with, with a broken amphibole tuboli, tibia, shit, whatever he's saying. I don't know. I've drank a little, little bit of this stuff. That's and exactly what limits, Andrew did. Increase and, and your critical me limits. I don't
1: even know. <laughs> I just spilled bourbon all over me. I'm going to have to change now before I go sailing.
0: Otherwise I'll get a BUI. A BUI? Boating, Boating under, the under the influence. Only a guy with a bourbon and a shaker would say that.
1: Dude, if someone, if like Coast Guard came, I would straight jump in the water. So I'm not even on the boat.
0: Thanks for joining us on The Bourbon Moment. This is your host, M. Sizzle. I've got Mandrew and i got J-Dub. And we are out. We'll see you next week.